Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Eddie. And how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How about you? I am cold as hell. I know how you feel, honestly. I work outside in the agriculture industry, so not a pleasant day for us. No, no, no. I think I saw your Instagram story. You, you guys had hail over there? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's California, honestly. California has bipolar weather. But in our general area, we usually never see hail coming down on us. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, so I was taking my dogs out to use the restroom and I, I put them on a leash right now. Yeah. Because uh, one of my dogs are, you know, they're a little bit special and decide that they want to run through puddles all the time. Mm-hmm. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as I was taking uh, taking them out to the restroom, uh, we got a little bit of snow. Oh, so you guys did get snow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not thick and not for a long time. That quickly turned back into rain, but there was a little bit for, for a couple minutes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's freaking cold, man. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I'm in the agriculture industry, so... We had to work outside, and it wasn't just because we had to. It was because we needed to. Yeah, yeah. Does this affect any of the, like, the plants, like, the cold killing them? So we do cover our plants with frost cloth, um, and that's what helps us um, keep the plants covered from being exposed to frost and everything, especially. Um, it's definitely it, It's definitely a very good investment, but... We always have to buy new rolls every year because the sun actually just burns them and deteriorates them. So, uh, but in the end, we just always try to buy in bulk so we can prepare for ourselves. Got it. Got it. It sucked though because uh, because of this whole pan- uh, pandemic that we're in right now. Uh, the the amount of, or the availability for frost cloth was actually very hard to acquire because. Frostcloth was also used to create those disposable masks that we now use. Really? Yep. Did not know so, that. Lots of companies that produced masks actually bought up all the frostcloth. So the material that's used for frostcloth just to create more masks. Oh, yikes, so, dude. Yeah. So in a sense, the, the pandemic did actually hit the agriculture department in, in many ways. Yeah, well, I think it hit everybody in one way or another. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What about the weekend, Manny? Did you do anything uh, exciting? No, just just mainly resting and stuff. I actually slept all Saturday because my body was just exhausted. But pretty much just, just make a few trips to Ikea. That's it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I was just trying to avoid the rain all weekend, man. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into some headlines, Manny. What do you got for us today? We got some interesting things, honestly. One of them was like, how is cosplay now going to be affected in, in Japan, especially? Because as I'm looking at um, as a as I'm re-looking over an article that I read earlier today, that was just super interesting. 
because cosplay when it comes to copyright infringement is a very muddy area there's no way to tell how it can be affected or how it can affect copyright infringement and so the the japanese government is trying to come up with new copyright regulations for cosplaying so when you say cosplaying are you talking about the general weebs you see at conventions yes or people that actually make it into a hobby as well yeah so like uh do you mean like charging the costume creators what do you mean by charging the costume creators so basically the people who make you know the zero two cosplay and then they sell it online no it it could affect that, it just, but none of that was actually ever mentioned in the articles when I, when I did more research into this, or as when I looked at other news sources that uh, talked about this. Is that's, actually, that's actually very interesting. I would have never thought of that, honestly. Well, that's the first thing I kind of think of. Like, what do, what do you exactly mean by, uh, you know, the copyrights with uh, cosplayers? They're going to go to conventions and uh, pop little kids that are cosplaying Naruto? In a sense, but like I said, it's the whole the whole cosplay, the whole cosplay is a very muddy area because, in reality, uh, content creators don't care about cosplayers. You, you cosplaying their characters that they created, even if it means that they're making a little bit of money, because in reality, it's free publicity for their work, and they enjoy that so. It's it's a like I said, it's a very muddy area. Yeah. So, what seems to be the the issue with the cosplayers? So, it basically just it comes down to if your 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 income is based on cosplay or is it just a hobby where you're not making money into it. So, in in a sense, when I say making money, is where like. Now you day nowadays within the cosplay industry, you have lots of people that just became very just well known because of their cosplays. Um, sometimes the most of these actually create their own costumes, and they get donations to help uh, fund their uh, projects and stuff. And you basically have these people that get subscribers, uh, where they actually get paid to create cosplays of characters and stuff. Selling many, pictures, many. I think videos. you're talking about OnlyFans. No, actually, I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're thinking something else, you dirty bastard. Uh, you just described OnlyFans, basically. Or Patreon, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, those Patreon then OnlyFans. Because in OnlyFans, I don't think you actually have people creating stuff. All they do is just pose and just take pictures and videos. That's it. True, true, true. Some of the podcasts I, um, I, I'm a patron for is through Patreon. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. I do have some supports for Patreon as well. Uh, mainly just a few, a few stuff that's just anime related and stuff. But so, if a cosplayer is not is participating as a hobby but not making any money. It, it's it doesn't really infringe on copyright so if they're actually making money so like they actually host meet and greets where they cosplay a character and they charge for those meet and greets or 
she or the cosplayers create like a scenario where they can wear their cosplay and take photo shoots and then sell it as a set and stuff for people that support her work and the cost and the the anime because it's everybody likes the anime so they want that cosplay look especially that 3d um because people want 3d instead of 2d sometimes but i don't think those are true weaves. <laughs> my opinion those are not true weaves all right man you settle down <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is that cost uh one one thing I can say is that a lot of these cosplayers, in order for them, or what the government wants to do, is that these cosplayers get permission if they're actually making money off characters that belong to somebody else. And so with that, you have like manga creators that turn into anime, and just just basically IP owners or content creators that will use uh what's the what's the term i'm looking for it, i'm not too sure if i'm saying it right pen names or pay, uh, pen pal names i think uh, it's pen name pen name yeah I, I think that's usually what's referenced when like uh somebody writes a book and an author mm-hmm. will use a pen name to say it's you know written by this person or whatever you know yeah so a lot of these a lot of these creators want their privacy so they use pen names and they don't want to be found because I, I guess even if their work becomes too famous, that they don't want that to be tracked because they're sometimes very hardcore fans. Well, I mean, we've already had some examples in the past where creators and sometimes even voice actors have been sending have been sent death threats just because of how they perform the character, even though they just are the creator or just the voice actor. I don't know if you remember that some of the scenarios. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think for a good uh a good couple of weeks we had those almost every other week. Yeah, we did actually. So, it, my idea is that these creators want their privacy so they don't want the people to, the fans to know their actual who they actually are and find out their whereabouts and stuff. So, the argument is that some of these cosplayers that actually make money off of cosplaying characters that don't belong to them is that they can't find any info of these content creators or IP owners to actually ask for permission. So the government is based, the Japanese government, I guess they've created a little project called Cool Japan. I'm gonna actually have to look into that because after reading this article, uh, Japan's Minister of State Shinji Inoue, I guess he's part of the Cool Japan project and so. So it doesn't give too much info about cool, what Cool Japan is, but I'm actually interested to see what it is now. And, I, and I'm pretty sure it has to do with the uh, cosplay because it does introduce in the article one of Japan's top cosplayers, Enako, who is also a Cool Japan ambassador. So this will actually be interesting for me to look up more information on it, on what Cool Japan is. So with, with these government officials and stuff and with the help of like some top cosplayers for the for the country of japan the idea is to create an actual database where the content creators will actually have to register themselves so that if a cosplayer is making money off of these cosplays of characters that don't belong to them they have a database where they can access where who the actual ip owner or the content creator is to ask for permission all right. Well, 
that's kind of interesting, I guess. It's just basically a way to a uh, way for them to actually obtain permission, basically. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And and this right now only pertains to J- Japan copyright laws. Um, who knows if we might see something in the future expand more out internationally? Uh, like maybe we'll see an, uh, like a domino effect soon with the cosplay industry, but we'll have to see honestly. Well, I think we're just going to see this in general across almost all industries. Mm-hmm. Just because if you think about what's the main source of media that people kind of consume now, yeah, is social media. It's create. It's you know, there's so much more done by you know private creators. Yes. So because private creators have so much of people's eyes and attention more so than, you know, in previous years, I think we're going to see a lot more of these copyright laws and other diff- other things going on. Just like we saw with the Twitch stuff we covered a yeah. couple weeks ago. Just like we saw with that, they're gonna, there's going to be more crackdowns on, you know, private small creators. Yeah, there really is, honestly. So and some of, those are, some of them are... <laughs> And some of those Twitch streamers aren't actually creators. They're just streamers that just enjoy the game and just let people watch them. But because of in-game music, they're going to get flagged and banned possibly from Twitch, even though it's not them putting the music out. It's actually the physical game, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, even more so than that, some of the new legislation that passed. And I'm... Well, yeah, you know, that's probably something I got to follow up on the read on, but it was... Uh, actually going to affect even um like news companies really yeah because it was going to actually start uh redefining what we would consider fair use and you know fair use is normally like you can take a clip of something you know the best example i can give is from like the news basically you can take a clip of a news media for you know x amount of time and then use that in your, in your content and then talk about it kind of thing. Yeah. And so, I'm kind of I'm kind of having an idea like since you started talking about news sources and stuff um it's it's actually kind of interesting cuz when when Trump became president and he in his rallies and his conferences and his speeches and everything sometimes he had music played and I remember seeing lots of articles and announcements that some of the artists that were where their music was used in his rallies were actually angry at that, that they used his music because they, they don't support Trump of who he is and who he stands by. So I feel like that could have also played a major part in that situation too. Possibility. It's just a possibility, but that's my kind of idea too behind it. Yeah. So yeah, th- these kind of things could start kind of redefining what we would u- classify under fair use. It definitely so it, it it might really change the way media gets presented from here on out you know yeah the more these these types of laws start spreading out everywhere yeah but all right manny what else did you got buddy so since we were talking about cosplay tony i have a question for you what's up how much would you pay for a coat that was featured in a video game um let's see how much do i pay for a coat now (laughs) or how much would you be willing to pay for is the question not any more than 
what I would pay for it at a department store. So you wouldn't pay for $1,500 for a coat just because it was in a video game? Hell no. <laughs> so with, with the rising uh, hype for Resident Evil 8, The Village, we have some notable characters coming back from the, in the series and stuff. Like Ethan from, <clears throat> excuse me, from uh, Resident Evil 7. And we have Chris Redfield, which we've seen throughout the whole series, especially for Resident Evil. And I, it looks like with with Chris Redfield's coat that he wore in the game trailers that we've seen so far for Resident Evil 8, that Capcom is now selling the coat for $1,500. That's crazy. Yeah, so they it looks like they've made a Japan-exclusive replica of his coat and the price comes out to 159,731 Japanese yen, which is just a little bit over uh, 1,500 US dollars. And it's just a coat. It has no buttons or anything. No, no it, it does come in different sizes, like medium, large, extra large, and slightly larger, which I think in US terms, medium is small. Large is medium, extra large is large, and slightly larger is extra large. Hold on, hold on. So this isn't even like a one-off. Like They just pulled it off the guy and just said, hey, you know, this is the jacket. It's literally just a mass-produced one that they're going to add an extra tack on? Yep, pretty much. Uh, It's an exclusive replica, honestly. Yeah, nope, wouldn't do it. Are you sure? I am very sure that is race car money, buddy. <laughs> so it's funny because since I did mention the sizes, uh, Japan's sizes are like actually very sm- uh, much smaller than what you would expect from ja- American sizes for clothing. So any size, if you're if you're a weave or someone that's interested in Japanese clothing and stuff, if you're an extra large you want to buy a double XL because it will fit you like a medium, basically, or a regular large. So, Manny, I, does that yes. mean you're ordering this coat? No, I don't even have that money. <laughs> well, I, I do, but that's also savings and race car money, too. All right, all right. You started talking about sizes. I thought you were going to say, yeah, and I ordered mine already. No, I mean, I actually have purchased... Uh, like t-shirts with like anime designs and stuff and my dumbass was thinking oh i'll buy an extra large and then next you know when i put it on it's a, it feels like a medium or a large honestly so i needed to buy like uh, if i wanted to buy it again i would have to buy like a double xl got it got it yeah so it, it, a little bit funny interesting story uh, we have a store called Anime Jungle, if you remember, in Little Tokyo of Los Angeles. Yep. And they have the the, cos- the cosplay and the clothing store on the side for Anime Jungle. And we had Tommy, who was a guest on a few times here on um, Unaccepted Podcast, where we would go together and a few of our other friends for ramen, go explore Anime Jungle and a few other anime stores. And just basically we bow and spend money there. And there was a shirt that he really liked in that clothing store. And he went up to the lady who was at the counter and asked her if they had a size obese. Oh, no. 
the look on her face was so perplexed but also in shock of what he asked like she she was so caught off guard when he said it if they have a size obese <laughs> and then i walk my dumb ass walks into the store and say like, hey tommy so did they have a size obese and she looks at me in shock and like confusion like did she really just experience this happening right now <laughs> <laughs> i swear every time we go to little tokyo in los angeles we always tend to find ourselves pissing off people I don't know about pissing off. It just sounds like you weirded her out. Well, we tend to do actually kind of piss people off by like openly saying stupid shit, honestly. Oh, jeez. So, man. But yeah, so if you ever want a $1,500 coat, there's your answer. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> no way. Is that your uh, last headline, bud? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's like a, if anybody's also interested, definitely check out. And I think they just came up with a demo for Resident Evil Eight: The Village. If you're interested, interested into that sex, that tall, sexy vampire boss chick, whoever she is, honestly, there's lots of memes and how she's trending because everybody wants to be choked out by her now because of how sexy she is, even though she's a vampire and that she's out to kill you. All right. I'm pretty sure that's Leo's scenario right there. So we're king shaming again. All right. (laughs) I'm sorry, Leo. All right. Well, my turn now. Mm -hmm. And I guess a safety announcement. Ford is recalling 3 million vehicles over airbags. Ford. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Do they have a specific year or certain models that they're doing it, or just like in general, like uh, two thousand six to two thousand twelve? Oh, okay, and okay, that's, that's uh, cool. Ford Edge Fusion Ranger, the Lincoln M- MKX, MKZ mm-hmm. Zephyr, and the Mercury Milan. And did they ever say like what these uh, recalls entitled to? Well, considering it's an airbag. Wow, excuse me. It's an airbag uh, uh, defective problem. They're not going off. Oh, that's that's a, that's a big safety concern right there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, from what it says here too, it also says that uh, the inflators on the driver's side airbags um, they could actually rupture. So basically, the inflators that actually put air into the airbag. Yeah. I guess some of them has been ru- uh, rupturing and that there's a risk of metal getting like metal fragments being propelled through the vehicle. Yeah. So, you know, shrapnel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Interestingly enough, I've received like three letters on this, dude. But your Crown Vic isn't that old, though. Um. Yeah, it's a 2006. Oh, yeah. So, But it so wasn't for the, for Crown, the Crown Vic. Vic. No, no, it wasn't for the Crown Vic. It was from when, uh, I guess, from when I had the, the Mustang. The white one. Yeah, yeah, the one I sold already. Yeah, I was about to say you sold it already. So why are you getting cards for it? No idea. Maybe the guy never registered it. That's interesting. But you yeah. did do the release the liability form, correct? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I turned in the release of liability. Oh, okay, okay. So can never That's be good. too careful with that. Oh, definitely. 
So yeah, I I got like three letters like within the last week from this. So I was kind of like, I was kind of shocked to see it's not listed on here. So I'm not sure if this isn't fully accurate or Ford's low key recalling extra ones. <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to sh- put any spotlight on their Mustang. Basically, I mean, maybe I don't know. I mean, That's I, interesting. I, yeah, yeah, I think it had one in the past before for airbags, unless I was mm-hmm. thinking of a different company. I, I feel know. like it was a different company because I'm I'm having a like it, it's it's lingering right now as I'm trying to think about it. And I think it was a different company. Yeah, and I think we talked about it here, right? I think we did. I just don't remember what it was, which company though. I don't remember either, but I remember we talked about an airbag recall with somebody else too. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, three million of them. Three million of them are being recalled, and if your car is registered, more than likely you're going to get something in the mail. Because, like I said, they were able to reach out to me, and I only had the car registered under my name for a very short time. <laughs> and they sent me three fucking letters, so I'm sure whoever needs to know about it definitely knows about it. I got a recall in the mail too, actually. Really, for what car? The El Camino. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And another thing I had up here was uh so you know how we were talking about the uh Carvana and who was that? I believe it was Nissan that was working with the full uh contactless dealership experience. Yes, the the bubble cars. Yes, there was also another part to it too, but yes, yes. Oh, the the online sales, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Honda is kind of revamping their version of this. So they're launching the Dell E, which is their customer service robot. Honda. Mhm. I never thought of them as a good car company, honestly. It's because they're Korean and they haven't been around a long time. I mean, sure, their cars look nice and everything, but I just never thought they were actually reliable or just good in general. It's because for a long time they weren't. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I think over recent years, both Kia and Hyundai have really kind of stepped it up, you know? Yeah, especially since the Kia came out with their sports car, the Stinger, correct? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, even oh, more so wait, than did that. Did I say the name correct? What? It is the Stinger. It's called the Stinger, right? Or Yeah, it's a Stinger. Okay. Well, remember, Hyundai even made the uh, the Genesis, which, you know, turned out to be a really popular performance car for them. It really did, actually. And then they also have the Veloster N now, which is, you know, from everything I've been reading on, it seems to be a super well-capable car. I've been seeing a lot of Velosters lately, honestly, and it really does show, I think, that it's really popular and reliable, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I'm not sure if Hyundai does it too, but I know Kia was doing that 100,000-mile warranty with their stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's really what helped them out because that kind of like said, hey, we're ready to stand behind our product now, you know? Definitely. So I I think over the last couple of years, they've definitely gotten a lot better. Just like how GM can stand behind the Hummer. 
Uh, sure. <laughs> if it, 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 but the only way they can stand behind is if they have a computer screen in front of them. Very true. But I, I have a question now that we talked about the Genesis. Did the Genesis actually branched off from Hyundai and created and became its own car line, right? I believe that was the intent, yes. And what's in, I think it's actually called Equinox or just Genesis? I am not sure. Because <clears throat> I remember seeing one car and it was called the Equinox, but I never heard of it. But then I did some looking and it turned out to be one of the cars for the Genesis line, I think. So I think it is called Genesis. Okay, yeah, it's probably the Genesis line and maybe that's a sub, like a mm-hmm. a sub to that. Yeah, I always thought that was interesting because I never thought the Genesis would ever branch off into its own car line under Hyundai, honestly. Well, they probably want to charge more. Yeah. And you can't charge more if it stays under Hyundai. I mean, that's kind of a reality for it, right? It really is, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to all you Hyundai fans. I know we're talking shit on your cars and stuff, but you asked for it. (laughs) No, I mean, I'd I'd buy a Genesis. I'd buy a Veloster in. Mm -hmm. I would actually buy a Veloster, too. I don't know about the Genesis. I mean, Genesis, uh, you can get them rear-wheel, their rear-wheel drive. You can get them with the 3.8 or the turbo. Like, seems like pretty fun of cars. Mm-hmm. I just never, the, the, the design never actually appealed to me. That's the only thing. That's why. Ah, uh, I mean, I'm only speaking from an older version that I drove, which mm-hmm. was like a 2015? Yeah. Maybe, I think it was like a 2015. <clears throat> It is not extremely refined. <laughs> that was a lot of the complaints I've had. That a lot, of, a lot of people have told me about too. Honestly, really. Yeah, I, I drove. I, when I was still kind of shopping around around the time I bought the uh, Coyote. Yeah, I did test drive a Genesis. You know, thinking it'd be a you know something different to branch into. And, and yeah, it really, really was not refined. The gearbox was very clunky and it didn't seem like I was driving a 20, 2015 car, you know? Now, how was the suspension? Because a lot of people have told me that they never liked the suspension either. Um, I mean, I didn't really, it was a test drive. It's not like I really got to long time drive it. So I didn't really notice too, too much on it. But how did the ride feel, honestly, though? Just, just from that one. Moment. I mean, like a sports car, but I, I think what just turned me off so much was just the gearbox. I, I was so focused on the gearbox. As soon as I got in it, I was kind of like, "Fuck, dude, this is like driving an old car." <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it, 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 it still had a lot to be polished, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, as long as they're moving forward and making it better, then hey, all for it. Okay. But uh, back to our little Dell E. So he is a customer service robot that they kind of developed uh, to help showroom floor uh, during the COVID-19 situation going on. So like in person or virtual, like through through a website? Nope, this is in person. This is an actual robot. <clears throat> Interesting. So yeah. basically goodbye to salespersons. So, not yet. (laughs) 
Not yet. So this one, uh, they're not in full production to go in all the dealerships yet. This was still kind of like a test phase that they created. And it's just meant more for assistance to kind of keep uh, contact at a minimum. So basically, they would kind of be like a greeter. Yeah. Greet the people as they come in. And then kind of direct them to where uh, they can get their help at. So that there's as minimal contact with other people as possible. I can see Walmart doing that if they want to get rid of the old, old people greeters. I mean, they can be replaced with a speaker every time the door opens, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, welcome, you piece of shit. So these robots have uh, language rep- um, recognition and face <clears throat> and facial scanning. And they will actually call you out if you are not wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the horror for the Karens. Yeah, so it says it would actually uh, be able to tell if the customers are not wearing masks and ask them to wear a mask. Now, what if you have a mask that has a design that makes it look like you have a face? You know, hard to say. I'm not sure how advanced their technology is. True. But I noticed on the article it doesn't say what the robot does if you say no i'm not wearing a mask we can speculate that the robot's gonna fuck you up or something (laughs) it's gonna start a robot uprising or if anything just pulls out a cannon and just shoots a mask at your face there it is solutions manny that's what i want to hear upgrades people but yeah, so this isn't like a full rollout into all the dealerships just yet. This is just another one of those things they're investing in and seeing if that would uh probably, you know, right now, one, attract people in because, you know, they'd want to see the fucking robot. And also, two, it, like you said, it could be a potential thing where they may be able to lessen their staff at the dealership. Now, do you think, are they, does it say anywhere where like, they're actually testing it in person at just like one one dealership just to see how it works, or they're still in testing works where they do R and D. This is still testing right now. Okay, so still in R and D. Yeah, yeah. So that that's why I said they're they're not rolling into the rolling these into dealerships just yet, but this is one of the things they they started developing. Okay. So more than likely, they'll see it in Korea before we get to see it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's some uh, interesting pictures I'll send it to you afterward of the robot. Okay. And last but not least, I have apparently my dream home that sold in Texas. Your dream home in Texas? Yes, sir. It's a 10-car garage. Oh, I've heard about it, actually. Have you really? Yeah. And the entire property is all car-themed? Yeah, I have heard about it, actually. Yeah, I saw this, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. It's almost like having Cars Land at your house. Pretty much. And, like, the cars have, uh, like, the garage has offices and everything in the back. It it looks like a full showroom almost, basically. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking awesome, man. 
I mean, given it's in Texas and it, from what I'm seeing here, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Well, it is a big state. Well, actually, it says it's only like 20 minutes outside Dallas or Fort Worth. Okay, so that's not that bad, actually. No, that's not that bad at all. But it looks like a freaking awesome house, dude. So, obviously, there's not much to talk about it here, but what I wanted to do is ask you, what would be your car guy dream house? Car guy dream house. Honestly... Just more, just more like, um, trying, I'm having a trouble trying to like put it into words. What about you in the meantime, while I try to think about how to put it in words? <clears throat> well, basically mine wouldn't actually be exactly like this. I think it has its kind of own charm that is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But for me, it would have to be something like a, you know, 10 to 12 car garage kind of thing and not tight. It'd have to be spacious just so that I can get a full two post lift drive on lift, like a section for my welding. You know what I mean? Like a whole little shop going. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess whatever the wife wants for the rest of the house, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a garage, not a house, you know, like I said, uh, Ideally, maybe after this uh, this house, I'd buy a second one. I'd like to do a barn dominium. Okay. Which might not be, you know, a 12-car garage, but it might be something, you know, realistically close. Okay. So I guess like a realistic dream that I'm hoping to do for is something like a barn dominium. So hopefully like a six-car garage on the first floor and then my house up on the second floor. Not bad, not bad. And enough, you know, enough property for... For bullshit and the dogs. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So as I think about it more, like design-wise, I would actually be interested in like an uh, airplane hangar style building. Okay, yeah. And probably maybe up to like eight cars with, with space as well, like how you said it as well. And probably have it like old style uh old school style looks and inside like american muscle style and everything yeah yeah so let me sell you on the barnominium <laughs> real quick <laughs> <laughs> so the reason i'm thinking barnominium for mine is because with that the house is gonna like you know the living situation is gonna be on top and basically yeah. the giant garage will be on bottom mm-hmm so insulating your workspace is going to be extremely easy. So whether it's like stupid hot outside or ridiculously cold, for the most part, your work area in the garage is going to be fairly tempered, right? Yeah. Versus if you do a straight metal hanger, like, a, like an airplane hanger or anything like that, you're basically in a toaster. But I never said it was going to be insulated either. So you'll insulate the metal hanger. Possibly, now that you mention it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, Manny. Planting seeds. 
<laughs> but yeah, that I think that's something kind of realistic-ish that I can try to go for later on. Obviously, mm-hmm. I just bought this house and I just, you know, it's my first house, so going to be a couple years before I can do any kind of moves like that, but yeah. I I think that's kind of within grasp for me to do. Okay. So, car guy dreams come true, Manny. No, did it say how much the house went for? $8 million. Oh, shit. Yeah. How big is the property? Uh, 10 acres. 10 acres for $8 million. God damn. Yeah, the house itself is uh, five bedrooms, five baths, and 7,419 square feet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not small by any means. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our my property is ten acres, but I would never. I don't think we could ever expect it to be eight million valued. And you're in California. Exactly. That's why I got. That's why I got like surprised right now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, with a seven thousand square foot house on it. Definitely would see a little bit more, right? Yeah, true. Jesus, that's fucking nuts, though. It really is. I did not expect that price. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what kind of shocked me the most about it. I mean, if you take a look at the pictures, like, every single detail is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, from basically a pathway flooring to trim grass to exterior panels to decorated fencing you know every every single detail is done on the house more so than i would ever bother to put effort into (laughs) it looks like even the gates um they mounted wheels on the gates and when they shut they almost shut like a puzzle piece like they conform to each other Oh, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, no, when I say from the pictures, what I see is every single detail has been meticulously done. Yeah. Even the even the roof on the garage looks like standing seam patina um, panels, which is kind of expensive for a roof, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely an interesting thing. Like I said, way more than I would ever bother to spend on, but I think uh, it... It does open up some ideas for sure. Some inspiration, basically. Oh, yeah, definitely, dude. I mean, for like I said, for right now, I got my little rink-a-dink carport that I put up and got my lights in. Eventually, maybe I'll do like one of those little, I don't know, see if I can find myself a used lift and throw it in there, you know? Because hmm. I want to lift, Manny. <laughs> Just stand on a jack and jack it up. You'll be a lift. I mean, that's technically right, but all right. I'm just trying to save you money. I know you are, buddy. I know you are. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all I had for uh, headlines. Okay. I know that we were supposed to do the anime review today, right? Yeah, but I've just been so busy and just... My my schedule for everything now is just like out of place and everything. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I guess for updates, I am beginning the write-up on the new bonus episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping to have that finished within the next, uh, I don't know, within the next couple days or so. And then uh, I can get together with you and the guys to see about recording it and getting a release date for everything. Yeah, definitely. So everybody can be in the watch out for this next bonus episode, especially. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I do enjoy making these, but uh, fuck, they take a lot more time than, you know, prepping for our weekly episodes like this. And uh, I, I bet I would I would not doubt it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed it. And I think this one's going to be freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's going to be really, really funny. So I'm excited to get this one done. I just I kind of have mostly everything set. I just kind of have to uh, pick and piece together the rest of the story, I guess. OK, so everybody should be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be a great one. I'm excited for it for sure. Not bad, not bad. And uh, I guess we'll start on the anime review next episode. Definitely. Uh, Manny, where are you with your track preparations? Uh, so I got the wheels. I mean, no, not the wheels. I mean, I did get the brake pads. They delivered this week, so I have those ready. Sweet. Um, still waiting on an update if the helmet's ever going to get shipped, honestly. But we got more than a month of time, honestly, so I'm not too worried. Okay. And you got the helmet from Winding Road? We don't lift. Okay, from We Don't Lift. Okay. If anybody's interested in checking them out for track stuff, track prep or anything, they're located in Arizona, but they do have a website if you guys want to check them out. Yes, sir, they do. And I know we talked about custom door numbers as well. We kind of had an idea where we can go with it. Absolutely. And pretty much just tire talk just is tire, left, right? Tire talk, honestly. All right. So I know I gave you a list of a bunch of different tires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did, honestly. And I said, yeah. first things first is to kind of weed out the ones that don't make your size. Yeah. Because I believe you have 19s, right? I do have 19s. Yeah, they're kind of a weird size, so. I have noticed that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Have you gotten through to uh, filter any of those out yet? Uh, Not really, but I don't think I saw anything for the Bridgestones. Honestly, last time when, when someone mentioned it to me, so I'm pretty sure those I won't be able to look up. I'll have to recheck on those, honestly. All right. But for the most part, I just I just need to check on those tires again, honestly. Okay. So it sounds like we're waiting on shipping for the helmet. Like the most important thing is basically shipping for the helmet and selecting what tires you want to go with. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sweet, man. I mean, that's almost there already. Pretty much. And then once we get closer to date, I can just basically buy the the track day, honestly. The registration. Yes. Sweet, okay. man. Yeah, dude, you're almost there. Pretty much. Now, other have... than that, not really much other updates, just especially with the weather and everything. Okay. Well, like I said, anytime, uh, if you want to do the breaks over here, I can, I can help you out with that. We can do it over here. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I would need to check to see if I if I don't need to smooth out the the rotors actually. So we'll have to check on those as well. Yep, no problem. I think with the the mileage and the way you drive, it's probably fine. But I we can check them out for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, because that, so that's... that's usually what we do. Honestly, whenever we put new brand new brakes. We just have them go take it, take the rotors to a machine shop, and they just smooth them out again, just to have them fresh for a new set of brakes. But not not all the time. It just depends, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you never want to um, turn the rotors where they get too thin, and then when you're doing a track day, they snap. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely. I remember, I remember when some person actually, I think I. Actually, saw it on Facebook, but someone actually tr- actually got an angle grinder and actually cut into the rotors to make them slaughtered. Super sketch. Super sketch. It definitely did. And next, you know, he posted an update that he crashed the car because of the braking issue. Yikes. Yeah. So if you want slotted rotors, actually buy good ones not try to do mickey mouse shit yeah hit up a uh, conquest breaks in pomona conquest they have Brakes? yeah they have rotors for days um on top of that they can get you good like r1 rotors and if you wanted them slotted or drilled they can do it right there on site they have machining equipment to do it correctly oh nice i never thought about that yeah, I always, I never thought you can actually do that to your actual rotors. You just have to buy them already set. Yeah, no, no. Well, if you have the correct, I mean, when you buy them already set, basically that's what they're doing over there at the factory. They have uh, machining equipment to do it correctly. True, true. And that's basically what uh, is it conquest or sequence? I think it's sequence break. Sorry. Yeah, it's sequence breaks. That's why it's thrown off when you said the name. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> sequence breaks. So, oh, you already you probably already have them on Instagram, no? Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah they they do all their milling and uh, and drilling on site. Okay. So they do all the stuff from anything for track prep needs and show car because I know they have like um you, they can see and see like designs into the rotors and all that kind of stuff, which obviously is not track practical, but. That's just machine accuracy. <laughs> and and for looks, honestly, too. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's just showing machine accuracy, what they what they do over yeah. there. So, yeah, that, that's always an option, too. But, yeah, definitely don't ever take a freaking grinder to your rotors. <laughs> that's bad, okay? But, all right, Manny. Well, it sounds like you're on your way. We just... Uh, we got to lock you down on some tires then. Definitely. Uh, for me, both my cars have been sitting in the garage because it's been raining. So type R is track prep. So <laughs> <laughs> so you're deciding on the, on the type R for track day then? Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take the type R out for the auto club. And then I might skip the next NASA event and in lieu, use that money towards buying some parts for the Fox body. Okay. And then depending on what parts I'm able to source and get installed and ready, 
hopefully by next time auto club comes around i can take the mustang if not i'll just take the the type r again okay kind of rinse and repeat this way this way i can hopefully get a little bit of progress going on that mustang and like i said i think i'm just a few parts away from at least throwing the suspension on maybe not having everything 100 percent refreshed uh-huh but at least getting everything installed and get that that stuff off the side of my house. Okay, and then, not bad. Yeah, and, and then I can kind of just start um, start refreshing everything from there, and at least kind of getting a feel for test driving the car and seeing seeing where it's lacking at, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the plan for that, but for sure, I think uh, was it? It's going to be March, right? March, correct. Yeah. So March for sure I'll I'll be taking the type R out. Okay. So I'm after I'm after to at least kind of beat on my PB a little bit. Which I know I can do. I think the last time I was out there I was the federal tires I had were so greased up, dude. I was freaking oversteering that front wheel drive car. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> But all right, Manny, I think with that, we can call that an episode, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, you can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and on Twitch at Unaccepted Pod. And we do have a website, unacceptedpod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. It actually does make a difference, and it does help us out a lot. Apparently, it helps out more on I- or, um, Apple Podcasts than anything else. Definitely, and in with we've already gotten a few reviews, so thank you to those few people that have actually done it. It actually helps us uh, learn better, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and big shout out to the person that left us that really nice review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting to say thank you, and every, and then every time I forget about it to bring it up. So yes, thank you for <laughs> leaving that review. <laughs> Um, and also, if you want to send an email, got a question, if you still know what an unaccepted rev is, you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see everybody next Wednesday. John next.